was magic! This is the Diabolical Index, where the pages of the uncanny reside. We are coming to you live from Paradox City Books and Games in Rising Sun, Indiana. I am Corey Dawson. And I'd like to thank, uh, I don't know what happened there, I went to an Australian accent or something. I don't know what that was. But uh, I'd like to thank Andrew Moore for, for having me on. And TJ, where you at, buddy? You're supposed to be down here for this. But uh, TJ of the Heckles and Horror, a brand new... Uh, horror review show on the magic scroll network uh he invited me to do this and i want to thank him too wherever he's probably sleeping but um anyway uh, i wanted to start out with a couple of things here uh you know i have the bookstore down here in rising sun and obviously i read a lot tons of books um my girlfriend hates my guts for it maybe not i don't know but uh anyhow uh i also have a a writing group that turned into a comic clinic called the main street lurkers so if you see them around i'm sure that they'll like to talk about what they're doing right now which is a lot and a little too kind of we work on a lot of stuff and we rarely ever get anything done but um i did want to go through a couple of things about um february 5th is very important today there was a um someone was born today and someone died today in history but uh the one that was born was William S. Burroughs. If you ever heard of William S. Burroughs, if you haven't, I don't know what you're doing here. But um, basically, William S. Burroughs was one of the beat generation. He he was one of the most influential beats, especially when it came to the, the heroin culture. And he ended up having one of the most banned books of all time, uh, Naked Lunch. And he actually dabbled in a little bit of uh, science fiction, too, in his time. But um, he was actually a big... Um, proponent of Kurt Cobain, so that might be one reason why you knew him. He wrote uh, Junkie, Naked Lunch, The Nova Express, uh, Soft Machine. There was a lot of uh, dystopian futures in there. but um, And who knows, we might get into it on the Diabolical Index. But uh, another person ended up dying on February 5th. And it might be a little bit less known, but um, actually, I don't know if you can see it here, Alfred Hitchcock presents there um he um he had a couple of her novels made into movies but it's uh patricia highsmith um patricia highsmith wrote strangers on a train and um and wrote the talented mr ripley which was made into a movie not too long ago and pretty much changed everything but actually one of the one of the books i'm going over tonight had a really wonderful movie made of it and you'll probably know which one but um that's what happened today in history, literary history. And now to the index. Entry number one, uh, listing number one. Uh, that was kind of a bad one. Oh, when uh, TJ and Andrew brought the idea to the podcast, uh, 
thoughts that went through my head were pretty insane. I thought all kinds of stuff, you know. Where do I start? What rate's the first show? Uh, what rate's the first entry of the Diabolical Index? As you can imagine, my thoughts went wild. I thought of all kinds of things, all kinds of ideas. But the very first thing I thought of was it was about a football star that was tied up in the back back of a car, in the trunk of a car, about to be tortured, but not by his enemies. He's going to be tortured by his friends. It was the book Just Like Hell by Nate Southerd. And I'm more jealous of that title than I can tell you. I wanted, ever since I saw that title, I wish I could have written that book just so I could put that title on there. And I thought, what's the newest, shiniest report from the unseen demons of everyday life? Picture this. Guys in a strip club, downtown Newport. That's one thing about this book that totally blew me away was how comfortable he was with the with the places that he was talking about. It's because it's places that we all know around here. If you've you know, if you've partied in Cincinnati at all, if you've been to Shorevine or any of the environments down there, you know what he's talking about. But this place is called Foxy's and it's down in Newport and very first pages prologue of the book the guy's just having a good time he's although he's racked with guilt that's another common thread through this book is you know you're always there doing it but you think in the back of your head if you if you should be or not but a dancer comes out and she's writhing around and he's having a few drinks and so is his friends and then he sees a tattoo and then he sees a gun. She raises it. And she kills everyone within range of this guy. Just shoots him dead. There's, Like he says, like Nate says in the book, there's blooms of blood just everywhere. And she takes a look at him and she points the gun at him. And then he's the only one left alive. Except for her. She ends up turning the gun on herself. Her name's Porcelain. The lead character of this book's name is Jason Hawks. He's a stand-up comic. I actually contacted a stand-up comic to see uh, what he thought of the what he thought of the descriptions of what it's like to be a stand-up comic, and he didn't get back to me. But personally, I myself, I thought it was pretty legit. But anyone on here? Come on, you guys. <laughs> Come on and talk about it. Um, but the character, he ends up being contacted by the police, and, and they say, you know, there's this girl you may have seen on the news. She she ended up shooting up the place, the strip club, and, and, and you know, ended up t turning the gun on herself. And it turned out that Porcelain wasn't her name at all. It was the name of a girl that he knew, Andrea, from back in the day. And that's where the whole thing begins. And, you know, total confession here. Nate's a good friend of mine from way back in the day. So it's kind of difficult to me to not see some of the characters in this, you know, going through their lives. And, you know, Jason, he's on a, a tour. He's on a comedy tour. So he's all over the place. And 
he's in New York and California and Las Vegas and all this stuff that's so far away from us. Unless you go down to Lawrenceburg or Rising Sun, we got a little bit of Vegas down here too. But he comes back to Cincinnati after uh, after the death, and he wants to find out what's changed and what stays the same. And it's difficult not seeing, you know, glimpses of old friends and these characters, you know, from from memories he's had and and different things. And I recognize the places where they've gone. And I've been there, you know, he doesn't talk about, you know, the, the stadium. He doesn't talk about Great American Ballpark or the um, Procter & Gamble building. He talks about little, little places like Hopple Street and coming off the exit and almost hitting the, the brick wall. And uh, he mentions Camp Washington Chili and a couple other things down there, but it really brings it home. Especially like I, another favorite author of mine, Lawrence Block. He writes detective. He actually writes a, he writes books about a burglar and he writes a books about a hitman. But he makes uh, he makes the world his home. He goes out and he sees all these places for himself, and that's it gets translated to the book. And you can tell that Nate has seen all these places too. And actually, it makes you wonder about how many other places that he's seen. Because uh, the point of all this, the point of both of these books, is the idea of being haunted. Um, I'm sure that all of you have been haunted sometimes. You know, haunted by what you've done. In this case, Jason and his quickly dwindling friends are haunted by what was done to them. And the thought that, in some cases, they didn't want it to stop. They didn't want to find it. And, you know, make no mistake, this book hits you where you live or where you didn't know you lived, your secrets and your inner selves, your other selves. Sometimes memories have teeth and sometimes they draw blood where the scars used to be. So um, this book is, it was very surprising. I ended up telling him um, not too long ago, Creepshow. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised that somebody pointed that out. I've had so many people trying to snap that up from me, that's for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, being haunted, it's a really important, it's a really important thread in these books. And um, his other books, you know, Just Like Hell, I mentioned Just Like Hell. That was a, that was a crazy book because it is familiar. You've seen it before. You've seen all these things before. But um, in this case, you know, this book is intense because, you know, it doesn't just talk about the... Yeah. Well, in fact, I remember seeing when I first started thinking about this podcast, you know, I had an idea to do the newest book that I could think of. And once I contacted Nate about this book, I just thought, you know... It actually doesn't act at the end of the the podcast. I'm going to have the the email or the uh, the website where you can go and pre-order. It actually doesn't come out until March. So uh, actually, I mention it now. If you go to www.lethepress.com, that's Leth maybe Lethy. I think it's probably Leth. But uh, if you go there, you can pre-order the book and 
believe it, it's intense. And the uh, the covers is just this this blank, shiny, you know, piece of perfection, just unmarred, except for this line of blood that comes down and forms the eye of porcelain, and it makes you think that you know a lot of things are are shiny and perfect and just below the surface you know there's there's something that was hidden behind you know the the veil of perfection but it's intense i won't i won't lie to you this is not uh something that you can uh maybe you can i don't know i don't know i i probably wouldn't lend it to my mom um uh, there is uh there's some very 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 adult situations and graphic violence and um everything i love you know uh, my stepdad <laughs> my stepdad used to say you know alvin's in this movie i love this movie alvin's in this movie and i'm like alvin who he said alvn adult situation language violence and nudity alvin's my favorite actor but yeah that's what you got in this in this book definitely uh but yeah it's intense but it's mostly because it kind of it touches on something that you don't see a lot. You don't see it a lot in these things where Nate has he's not afraid to to admit that sometimes, you know, people like being abused. People like being lowered and even at the time when you're when you're, you know, allowing yourself to fall not maybe not, not even fall victim maybe maybe you're enjoying these things and it's coming from inside of you instead of elsewhere in this case it is coming from elsewhere but i don't want to go too much into that i didn't want to spoil uh i didn't want to spoil the book because you know with the in the case of the the next book you know i can talk about it because it's been around for a while but but this one i think that you need to go in there with just the faintest idea i was going to say you know when i went to the the pre-sale site there's a there's a little blurb there's a quote from another writer and it's a good writer too and they basically said you know uh, porcelain is Southard's answer to it and ghost story and I actually I talked to Nate not too long ago and I said you know when I was thinking of other books to read along with this one ghost story was the first one I thought of because you know that has to do with being haunted by stuff that you've done and actually someone that you've betrayed comes back when you least expect it in that case it's there are a bunch of old men and they had wronged a woman and she came back from the grave but in this case there's not so much a grave as much as the grave of the lives of these people i mean you you go ahead and you live your life and you may try to forget or Maybe you've forgotten and not even tried to, but then something reminds you of that of that time, of that feeling inside of you that not only did you not know it was there, you didn't want to stop it. You wanted to let it go and, and let it breathe and scratch and bite. So in this case it's it's definitely a case of that. And you know, with the, the it reference, I was really um I was totally hesitant to even talk about it when it come when it comes to this book because I mean it's such a it's come back to resurgence so so hardcore now and uh, if I was you know if I was a published author I wouldn't want everyone you know saying hey you know 
that book you wrote, it's just like it, or it's just like this, you know, popular thing that's out right now, that would really nettle me. But I mean, there, there are echoes, there are whispers of different influences, and you can't stop that. Everyone who's ever written anything, you know, it always comes out in things, but I would say definitely without question that this is much different than that. Anyone who's read the book It knows that uh, there are moments in it that, um, in my opinion, I, I think that they 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 hit a mark that I don't know. It's it's not even the same. It's not even in the same realm of what they're what's going on. In this case, it's a it's a much more realized. It's a realistic uh, mark because. I don't know. I was reading it, and everything that happened in the book, I could totally relate to it. Uh, I mean, except for the obvious ones, but there's some, you know, sometimes, you know, you can be haunted by something that happened in the backseat of a car in high school, you know. It can come back to you. You can be watching a movie, or you go to the Walmart, and you see someone you haven't seen in three trillion years, and then all of a sudden, that that light just comes on. You remember that one time, that one dance... Or, you know, that one secluded parking lot somewhere, and you went too far, they went too far, you both went too far, whatever. In this case, uh, ends up being deadly. But, uh, so is all, it's all deadly. All those memories can be deadly. But, um, looks like a bunch of you are watching. Was that now? No. No. I'm trying to keep up <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably going too fast. No, you're good. Um, what about that lady? Trisha Highsmith? Yeah. Um, yeah, she she died on uh, February 5th. So, yeah, on my little literary history thing, uh, I would mention William Burroughs. Maybe I got the other way around. I can't remember. One of them was born and one of them died. That's all that matters. Burroughs wouldn't care. Uh, I actually found, a, um, found this ratty old... VHS of some little I don't know it could be worth something but it was it was practically a whole movie of of Burroughs just talking to people and um a bunch of different artists and his son which I had never seen his son before and um and different people but yeah I mean I'm I mean I was happy and I was sad to have seen that on there you know I was trying to look around for something that happened today but it just so happened that both of them like meant you know, meant a lot to me, and I was really familiar with both of them. And actually, I almost venture to guess I'm more familiar with Patricia Highsmith because *Strangers on a Train*. Um, that's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. And um, actually, that's no, that's definitely I don't know. Uh, sometimes I wish I could bring movies into the, but I don't know. That might be coming. You never know. We're, we were talking about that earlier because you know to to say that I'd be talking about books and not talking about movies. It's just silly. That's just silly to even think about that I uh, wouldn't be talking about movies at some point, somewhere with something. But uh, but that's one of the favorite Hitchcocks, and um, it's also linked to Throw Mama from the Train. If you've ever seen that movie, it's just unbelievably twisted. Danny DeVito directing that one. But anyway, I digress all over the place. Alan was that now? Oh. Um, actually, um, I, I have to say that Howl is the only thing that I read by Ginsburg. I, I read a little bit of his autobiography or his, I think it was his autobiography. It was something like, um, 
all that I care about is me or all that exists is me, something like that. He was, uh, to be honest, I don't know. He was a little bit one of the one of the guys that kind of maybe thought a little bit too much of what he was doing. I don't know. I mean, with the with the beats, it was really it was really pared down. The stuff they were doing was you know little word bits here and there and making up lingo and kind of like the Lenny Bruce type of comedy type of poetry. And with him, it was like I'm going to write one poem that is 300 pages long and it's going to talk about the godliness of my testicles and stuff and i don't know <laughs> do it do what you want man whatever works is fine <laughs> it's not my cup of tea bukowski on the other hand that's a different story that's a whiskey drinking bar fighting son of a bitch i like that guy yeah bukowski everyone read charles bukowski uh anyone who's ever dated anybody who who cares? Who cares what sex it is? You know, I quote, you know, kind of paraphrase Rollins. Boy, girl, tree, rock, goat, whatever, standing still, whatever. Read the book Women by Charles Bukowski. He he knows where it's at. But um, I'm digressing. I guess that's the point, though, to digress. Especially, you know, trying to get through it. But, um, yeah. Just, or, um, I'm going to say just like hell again. But anyway, read all of this stuff. Uh Nate Southern is a, he's becoming pretty prolific over the years. I've seen him, uh, he wrote for comics for a while, um, uh, independent comics. I don't want to say underground comics, but independents. And he wrote something that, uh, I don't know if it preceded The Walking Dead, but uh, sometimes I wonder if, if somebody needs to give him a call because it's, I think they were pretty close um, and the, the name escapes me right now. But yeah, go to Goodreads, go to wherever you can, Nate Southern, N-A-T-E-S-O. Uh, U-T-H-A-R-D and look for porcelain I'm not giving anything else away uh, I I could talk about it for ages just the, the thematic punch of that book I was actually surprised I, um, I wrote him right after I uh, read I was probably, I don't know maybe three quarters of the way through and I wrote him and I said you know I didn't like the character as a person I wasn't thinking about the way the character was written as a as a writer as you know as someone who likes books. I always see it's all a movie to me. When I read a book it just it becomes a movie. So I was also thinking of, you know, these characters as people. And when I met uh Jason Hawks, I just didn't like him as a person. But I also told him I said despite me not liking him as a person, I cared about what happened to him, and I hoped everything worked out well for him. So, I mean, that's about as invested in a character as you could possibly be. And, uh, you know, it counts. It matters. So, yeah, go to www.lethepress.com and pre-order Porcelain. You won't regret it. Speaking of regret, uh, the second listing has to do with another sort of haunting. I didn't want to drop that I didn't want to drop that thread. Um, regret. Being haunted by what you didn't do. Or what you couldn't be. Or what you couldn't remain. And that's exactly where evil comes in, right there. You know, it comes in to grant your dearest wish or to fulfill your greatest desire. Um and that's definitely something wicked. This way comes by Ray Bradbury. Um, it's a—I'll never forget it. 
I will never forget it. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, uh, one of those rare occasions I was talking about, you know, Strangers on a Train being being a good movie made from a book and um, one of the finest, um, oh, thanks, thanks for that, dude. Uh, one of the finest uh, book to movie. After having seen the movie first and having read the book for this, I'd have to say that uh, the book to movie was really strong on Something Wicked This Way Comes. My sister had us over one Halloween. Uh, it was one of those things where she babysat me and my sister. And it's so weird to talk about it now. It's so weird to talk about it now. Everyone who knows me knows that I watch all these scary things and I read all these scary things and uh, crazy stuff, insane things, dark, deep, dingy stuff. I watch it all and read it all. And however young I was back then, whenever it was, I was scared of everything back then. And, you know, I was probably this high, whatever age that would have been, but that was a long time ago, as you can see right here. This is perfect evidence right there, yeah. But, yeah, that was a long time ago. But she said, uh, hey, you know, let's watch some Halloween movies. And I thought that she was putting in, you know, uh, and she had them. She totally, she she knows how to pull off a, a trick, that's for sure. A joke, trick, whatever. She had the Walt Disney, uh, Donald Duck, Halloween funny things. And this is back in the VHS era. Back in the Stone Age that I still live in. I got all kinds of VHS still. But um, she had those on top. But under it, she had Something Wicked This Way Comes. And she ended up putting that in there. And without a doubt, that's easily one of my favorite scary movies. And, you know, a lot of stuff holds up even to this day. And once I, you know, once I read the book, I realized that there were... There were things that totally translated. I mean, Will Holloway, the what they say the you know the toe-headed boy, and Jim Nightshade, the the boy with hair black as pitch. You know, these two solid, fast friends that you never find out what happens later, what happens in their old age, which would be good. I'd be interested because the whole I mean the story has a lot to do with age. You know, the regret of age and missing out on what you were too busy working to do or too busy, you know, caring about money to do, caring about your status, your situation to, to care about. So, um, it's Illinois and it's in a unknown time in the, in the movie. It seemed like it was somewhere, I don't know, in the depression sort of, or maybe pre-depression, post twenties, something like that. But in the book, it seemed like it was almost like an any time where someone could walk around with a uh, a lightning rod and sell them door to door. You know, Mr. Fury selling his lightning rods door to door. And these two kids, I mean, it's, it's totally it's totally timeless. That's what it uh, tapped into and the Goonies tapped into just like this because these two kids are there. And one of them, you know, sees his dad, Mr. Holloway, who actually in the book, in the movie, he's the librarian. And in the book, he's the janitor of the library. So that was kind of a blow because, uh, you know, having my my bookstore when I have it and the things, I I always think of that guy, Mr. Holloway, as, you know, they, they walk in the door and they say, you know, hey, boys, how you doing? Are you looking for dinosaurs today or do you want to... 
do you want to headhunt with the with the natives and maybe not come out alive or end up in the fire pit? Like, what do you want to do? Because the wonder of innocence is there, and that's what the carnival comes to to suck up and eat and destroy by uh, by giving them exactly what they want. I am gonna hit this damn book every time I. Damn it. Anyway, putting that over there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he wants to be a man. He's tired of being a little boy. He's tired of being too small to to ride the big rides, and you know he's too young to go to war, and he can't leave home. So there's regret there too. Because he, he regrets that he's still so small. And he talks about, you know, being two days older than his friend or two minutes older or two hours older. Whatever it is, is totally inconsequential. But as a child, it means everything. Except for the fact that the carnival sees this and Mr. Dark, the illustrated man, sees this. And can't wait to get his tattooed arms around this boy to make sure that he can... Uh, twist that desire to be older by putting him on the carousel and making it go forward a couple of years or go backward a couple of years like Mr. Cougar. His second-in-command, his right-hand man, this big giant of a man who becomes a little boy to go home with Miss Foley, the, uh, the, older, the older lady who wishes she was young again when she goes into the mirror maze of the of the carnival i know this story pretty well i'm not even looking at this thing i know the story very well um it's all about the dangers of wanting what you didn't want before or didn't try to get before you have to remember that you know therein lies madness if you if all you do is thinking about the before and you forget about the now, then you're you're destined for failure and pain, and they uh, they live on that sort of pain. There's the dust woman, the you know the most beautiful woman in the world who came in a in an ice coffin, and Mister Fury wants to marry, but then uh, he finds that it's nothing but a a ruse of a shell that falls away. Even the tents are alive. He describes them as uh, having skeleton bones holding up the the flesh and the skin of the tarps. Um, everything in this carnival is evil, if you know. If you know the secret, then you're going to be pulled down by it. And um, all the evil inside works to, to help beget more evil. The uh, Mr. Cougar, the giant... When uh, Will and um, Will and uh, Jim, when Will and Jim, when Will tries to stop Jim from getting on the carousel and becoming an older man, uh, there's a fight, and he tries to save his friend. And in the process, he ends up uh, making the carousel go crazy, and Mr. Cougar is uh, shrunk into the level of a 130-year-old man. And that ends, that ends up coming in the movie too, except it's Mr. Dark there. But, um, oh my God. I don't blame you, Toby. Go for it, buddy. Just like, hey, you know, just like that. 
he is not he's not letting the grass grow under his feet. He's doing what he wants immediately instead of waiting around and wishing he had done it when he was actually, you know, listening to me ramble on about this <laughs> about this Ray Bradbury book. But hey, you ask anybody. You ask anybody and they know Radbury's the stuff. Um I'd say that the the worst part about it all is, you know, if someone reads Fahrenheit four fifty one in school, hopefully the Hopefully the message sticks to them instead of, uh, I think that's the worst part about reading in school. You read in school, you're forced to read. You're forced to read these things. And then you end up, you know, maybe not even touching the book again for years or waiting for it to come on Netflix where it's totally doesn't make any sense from what the book was. Hopefully that never happens with Fran 41 though. Uh, I think everyone loves that. But... I think that I could probably uh, definitely say that anything Bradbury puts out is worth it. Illustrated Man, October Country, Ars for Rocket, um, Martian Chronicles, any of that type of stuff. He's really good at finding the the darkness in the everyday, which you know, like Nate with that uh, with stuff that you remember. You remember these, you know, these feelings and these. Uh, these ventures that you went on to do and they may not have been, you know, they may not have been what you should have been doing, but, uh, that's another thing. I mean, if you don't do them and you don't, you don't descend into the cave and you don't fall into the pit, uh, you might regret it. You might wish you had, you know, you, you take these steps when you're younger and then, uh, old age just ends up being this never ending thought of what could have been. But, on the other hand, if you go for it, then you might end up uh, pulling back a stump. So that's another problem. But yeah, something wicked this way comes. Uh, it's it's a very simple story, so I probably couldn't spoil it too much, really. Um, you know, once the carnival comes into town, the uh, the barber smells that cotton candy, and and everybody knows something's coming, and it turns out that uh, what's coming is evil, but. Uh, check it out if you're earliest opportunity yeah and also you know we had spoken about uh, what I would do uh, in between these podcasts you know if everybody tunes in and is interested in in what I'm talking about then uh, I might do it a few times a month and um, whoever's listening I was actually I had an idea about what to do in between I kind of wanted to see what you thought about it I don't know who remembers the Choose Your Own Adventure books, but um, since you guys are tuning in, I need a game night. <laughs> okay. What's the context on that one? I don't know. Is it, was he watching the other one? I don't know. Maybe that was it. He's saying, get this guy out of here. Get those games <laughs> playing again. But, uh, yeah. But there's a game night for you. You know, I, I, I crack open the, the Choose Your Own Adventure and I say, you know, are we to go to the left or are we to go to the right? And we'll see who comes out alive because uh, a lot of times, uh, yeah, man, Joe Starward Moore is flat out. I loved him with a passion. I, I ended up finding some around here and um, I thought maybe it'd be a good time to, to read them on here and have everybody interact and, and make the decisions and see how we come out. But, um, yeah, if you think that's what I ought to do twice a month, 
Um, rock on. Yeah, I think it was pretty. I think it's pretty much unanimous. I, I, I was. I'd be really surprised if there weren't a whole lot of people around there that didn't dig those. Um, yeah, I mean, if you guys, uh, whoever's interested, just you know, tune in and and we'll go through it. I haven't figured out what's going to happen about because uh, we're it's going to be by mob. It's going to be by majority rule. So you know, if I if there's six people say go to the left and three say go to the right and we go to the right and we end up getting croaked, I guess we'll be carrying your bodies up back through the cave again to go the other direction. I don't know. Uh, Got to figure that out. <laughs> All right, James. James Grant in the house. He's a member of the Main Street Lurkers. Absolutely. And actually, it'd be kind of fun, to be honest, that guy can draw creatures like you wouldn't believe. It'd be fun to have him uh, drawing creatures there. Although, there might be a uh, there might be another podcast that has to deal with that. So, stay tuned. You never know. Sky's the limit. I have no limit of interest. And I have no limit of, uh, I don't know. What's that now? Oh, that's right! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That might be a good one to start out with. That might get all kinds of people listening then. I don't know about cheesy. Maybe it's cheesy. I don't remember. Yeah, did you see that movie? Which one? Goosebumps movie? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm starting to lose faith in Jack Black a little bit. Uh, Jumanji was good. You saw the Jumanji sequel? That's what I'm screaming. About to say, oh my god. Oh my god. I was about ready to just just turn it off right there. It's like, you see that damn... Oh, thank god. He said he didn't actually see it. He just heard it was good. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to question it now. His cheeks are getting all red, but... Up to, oh god. Quantum Mechanics books? <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. I can just, <laughs> I can just see the, <clears throat> I can just see the the likes just falling into the trash as I'm going, you know. Oh my God. Okay, Joe. To each their own. To each their own. You know, somebody. <sighs> People can like what they want to like. Whatever you like, you can like. This, this, you know. I'm getting rid of these. <laughs> I can't have these here. I'm just getting too bent out of shape. It's that whole Jumanji thing. I just can't get rid of it. Um, it makes me wish it was a... The Zathura was, ended up being a book. I didn't know there was a third one. Well, Zathura. Uh. The, yeah, they were kind of related somehow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they're calling me out. And I can't lie. I can't lie. I got an expressive face. Somebody tells me that they're seeing a Jumanji. Oh, God. And that's the thing, man. That's the thing. I I can't even say that I... I mean... Did you watch Jumanji? Did you watch it? No. You mean a new one? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. I, I, I get into a video game, though. Now, that's where it belongs. Yeah. If you're going to... Wow, I'm getting like... <laughs> I'm like, you know what, man? I'm getting all crazy. It's like, this is supposed to be a... You know, this is supposed to be a calm analysis of, of books. Maybe that's a mistake. I, I'll just come in here and go, hey, you know what? You, this is the book I like. And this is the why I like it, and you ought to like it too. There it goes again. I keep like fading into this weird accent. Do you want to make a book like so that way, like if they want to read along? Say what? Like if uh, pick a book of, of a month. Pick a book of a month, and then the next episode you guys review it together. Um, huh? That's an idea. I don't know if that's something you would like to do. If everybody would be up for it. Uh, let's see. 
Did I see the... Um, <laughs> uh, I did. I was kind of confused, though, on the uh, Avengers Infinity preview. I saw one that said that it was the official one, and it just looked like the old one. It was just kind of like a TV spot. So I don't know if I was looking at the wrong thing or what. Uh, that I have done. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, I still have him. He let me borrow him, and uh, yeah, he kind of went away for a while, and they're still in my possession somewhere. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, I gave him back. You just have floods of likes for some reason. <laughs> talking about the see. That's the thing. Like it, it's starting to make me wonder, man. Like maybe the maybe the index ought to be like multiple things. Yeah. I mean, it's an index. When you go to the index, you. That's true, but then I couldn't talk. But I couldn't do horror though. That'd be a burn, because then I'd be stepping on TJ's toes. He's got the heckler's arm, huh? For books and stuff. Yeah. He's not talking about books. He's not talking about indie horror and stuff like that. Just indie? Well, no. I mean, like other horror too. But he focuses on indie. So here's the question: Can they hear your responses, or they just Uh, hear me? They might hear. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, who's he talking to? I'm always on the side. <laughs> I'm talking to the man. I'm talking to the uh, the great Oz behind the curtain. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, this has been good. But see, I degrade into movies every time. That's fine. I mean, I can still talk about. I uh, your focus is just on books and the movies. <laughs> Well, you know what? Yeah, that's that's the problem, and you know, it's it's the uh, the audience. Oh, there, now you're speaking my language, James Grant, Lovecraft, that's, it's coming. I don't even know how to do that. I may have to have you on here for that, James. We could expound on that. that that'll be a two-hour show, easily. There won't even have to be a secondary, but I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. There'd be, a, there'd be tons to talk about with that, because, I mean, especially since, I mean, now it couldn't be bigger. Maybe we could have Guillermo come down. <laughs> for love of God! Okay, I don't even know. I don't even want to know what a star wood is, but uh, it's wood with the, that glows with the heat of a thousand suns. Uh, Poe was like eighteen hundreds, and then Lovecraft started doing like the cosmic horror, kind of like in the early nineteen um, hundreds and teens, into the twenties and stuff. Um, <laughs> delve into the madness. That's that's what it's all about. Um, it's all about the the fragile human mind and what it can take when it's finally open to. Uh, there you go, Star Lord. That's kind of what that's all about. When he was open to infinite or to um, eternity, and his eyes went all black and stuff. I mean, that's kind of what uh, what Lovecraft's all about. When humans find out the secrets of the cosmos, they end up changing into different things, and their brains start to grow tentacles out of their face. That's one thing about Lovecraft that. Um, it's kind of irritating in the 21st century. They think that anything that's got tentacles coming out of it is Lovecraft stuff, but... Maybe it just drops. See if it pops back up. I feel like I'm tending bar. <laughs> yeah, I think we just dropped. I think the internet got too, too much for it. So you just click off? Hey man, got a good forty-five out of it. 
But see, that's that's what happened. I started. Um, that's why, like, I'm doing that guy, James. What? Is that pointless get, getting caught in there? I think you're back. Am I back? I think so. Let me see. Ask him if you're back. Am I back, you guys? We don't know what's going on here. Technical difficulties. I'll show you what's up. Read them and weep. That's what it's all about. Right there. I don't know. Are you there? Who knows? Welcome back. We had a hiccup or something. Well, maybe. Uh, you know, now might be a good time to... Uh, now might be a good time to ask you guys, you know, if you if you have any requests, if there's uh, uh, books in the, um, I mean, kind of going for the weird, unusual, deadly, uh, weird, unusual, deadly, uncanny, horrific, that type of thing. That's that's what the the diabolical index is going to be all about. Um, I don't know what happened there, so we're good. Yeah, all that talk about Lovecraft has got my throat crazy. Lovecraft was like, shut it down. Oh, no way. Well, maybe. Maybe. He might not like, um, he might not like my modern turn of phrase. He'd be telling me to use words like, um, I don't know, nepenthe, stuff like that. I was pretty pumped when I found out the, um, that Castle Freak was based on one of his stories. Actually, Lovecraft has had a lot of stuff. He's almost had more stuff out movie-wise than Poe has. Um, because all the Poe stuff was like Roger Corman shit during the 60s. And they just kind of like tacked Edgar Allan Poe's name on there. And made some sort of bodice-ripping romance. Albeit with Vincent Price and a lot of, a lot of times. But um, you can't go wrong there. But... Um, I seen any peeps? People left when it froze. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saw the read and weep. Oh yeah, we're back. Okay. Is he asking me to read the Infinity War comics again? No, I think uh, sometimes when you go back in, it uh, just says like the light, latest comic. There. Yeah, if you if you can't tell by this stuff. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of technological savvy, so I don't know when we're on and when we're off and when we're whatever else. Yeah, like all of a sudden, just I had a red bar down the bottom and it was like thirty seconds behind. But hey, episode one, entry one, into the index. But hey, if anyone's got any, um, I don't know if I want to do Lovecraft yet. Much as I would like to, much as I would like to, I don't know if I want to do Lovecraft yet because I've got so much to say and. Uh, not to put too fine a point on it. I don't, don't, don't know if I want to blow my wad so soon. You know, kind of want to keep going on some other stuff. But if anyone's got any requests or any ideas on stuff I could do, basically my 
my plan so far has been to try to find the newest book I can find, which is really rare for me. Usually I, my, uh, my theory has always been, you know, for the 20,000 books that came out and uh, made to Barnes and Nobles or Joseph Beth uh, today, there are three trillion that are, you know, in the back catalog. So there's going to be stuff out there that is going to be awesome, but no one, no one would know because they're too busy reading the newest, fastest, best, shiniest. Except, seeing as how this is a new thing for me and all that, my theory was I would find the newest book I could find that interested me and fell under the, the banner of the Diabolical Index, whatever I felt would go into that easily or... Uh, aptly, then I would find that new, as new as I could, in this case, it's even before it comes out, uh, and then I would read that, and then I would find something from back in the day that had a common thread or an opposite thread, some sort of parallel or moving in the, a different direction. So in this case, uh, I had the old and the new with, the, with Porcelain uh, by Nate Southerd. Trying to say as much as I can, so people remember. And um, something wicked this way comes. Read them both; they're completely different, but you'll find something that uh, kind of turns a different direction. You'll see uh, kind of like the perils of desire in either direction. So it's great. Um, it's been a lot of fun uh, going through this stuff, and uh, and I guess thanks again. To, to Andrew and to Magic Squirrel Network and TJ, you bum. I was hoping you'd be there like rocking, 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 but you weren't here. Nope. Off doing some kind of clown business, whatever it is you guys do. In a custom chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> making, making those crazy ass Fanta, or is it Fanta? Fago. Making those crazy Fago protein shakes. I don't know. I don't know what's up. Sharpening your hatchets, but. Uh, is that him? No. Oh, Robert E. Howard. Oh, my gosh. James, you are speaking my language, man. See, ah, Robert E. Howard, that's another place. It's He's giving me the good stuff. And that actually, Robert E. Howard was a member of what they called the Lovecraft Circle. It was one of his, uh, I hesitate to say acolytes, but it was his group of writers that he kept correspondence with. He kept some serious correspondence with these writers. He was an avid writer of letters. Um... If you don't believe me, go on eBay and look up uh, Selected Letters by H.P. Lovecraft. You'll see how expensive a book can be. Um, but yeah, uh, Robert E. Howard, definitely. I should probably just do like a, a running list of what I want to do. But um, <laughs> I'm curious about where, what kind of common thread would be going through Robert E. Howard's stuff as, as pertains to today. I guess maybe if I was like watching Creed or something. Well, I mean, Robert E. Howard wrote Conan and stuff like that, but uh, Solomon Kane, that might be the one right there. That would be in the dark and deadly and uncanny and weird uh, category. No, thank you. <laughs> what? Is Joe Starwood Morris saying he doesn't like Robert E. Howard? I'm not even hearing that noise. Come on, get back at me. I know you don't mean that. You can't. Uh, it would be kind of fun to do, um, you know, when you think of, um, uh, who's that guy? The call, the, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. He's like one of the greats. Uh, 
He had to call the wild. You gotta be kidding me. Jack London. Sheesh. I ought to shoot myself in the foot. I would make an interesting looking clown. That is that's that is interesting that you bring that up. I was gonna go to clown school and be pockets the clown. I was gonna have pockets all over me because I normally do. Um those who say that cargo is not in style, why don't you just piss up a rope? I'm all about the cargo. If you got a girlfriend, by God, you better have some cargo pants because somebody's holding some keys and some phones somewhere when somebody does something. That's all I gotta say. I'm getting bent out of shape again. These people are like riling me up. Maybe they like me better. You know, when I'm all serious, I'm like, yes, this is the this is the thematic approach to this book, and these are the things that are going on. You know, the deep, deep threads that run things like, hey, shut up, man, start talking about the movies you like. Ah, uh, well. Oh, man. Do you know what a cremestathy is? I do not. I just received a couple of those from H.L. Mencken. I bought him uh, because I heard that he could be a real ass. He was a uh, hell of a <laughs> hell of a critic of himself, most of all. Hell yeah to what? What are you hell yeah? Are you hell yeah me lose my cool or... Uh, Yeah, I keep thinking it looks like I'm tenant. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'd be doing. Maybe I should be like the Ben out of what? Oh, oh, I gotcha. See, this is where we go into the um, the portion of the program where I talk about um, the use of commas. See, he put no thank you with no comma. So, of course, I took it at the normal convention of anyone who'd be reading that. Uh, I bet Melanie is rolling her eyes so hard right now because she hears me do this all the time. If he would have put a comma right after no, then I would have totally gotten it. But he was in such a hurry. He was in such a hurry to just show the love that that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, all support. All support. Even though I stopped talking about the books like... <laughs> 20 minutes ago something like that i don't know but anyways yeah so uh so are we agreed you guys you think you want to do the uh choose your own adventure next week because i don't know i thought about i mean i could do books every i could do a book or two books or aggressive book review i could do uh absolutely um i could do books every week i could do books every day but for some reason, I I thought it'd probably be good to spice it up, because I mean, obviously, I was I did the serious book stuff at the very beginning, and and I think it's just better if I if I just go after it. So I've got some here that we could be doing next week, maybe, and we can we can go through the quest together. I'm not sure sure how long it would take. It might take a couple of weeks to do one of these. I'm not sure. I don't know. An hour? I don't know. But uh, Lone Wolf, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, the hell is from Solomon Kane. I'm totally with it. And actually, um, the movie, even though it was made in like Sweden by like 17,000 producers or whatever, it was actually pretty decent too. Um, but Lone Wolf, I didn't want to get off of that. This guy, not this one in particular, 
But Lone Wolf Choose Your Own Adventure books was one of the first books I remember picking out for myself from the book fair. Those illustrious book fairs that I guess they're still having. Although, I don't know. I was looking at the... I was looking at one of the book fair catalogs the other day, and it seemed pretty damn sparse. I was pissed about that. I thought I remember those book fair magazines, or whatever you call them, the brochure, the pamphlet. I remember it being something like 12 pages long, or all that stuff. And I mean, of course, back then, we were we were using doubloons. But um, I don't know, man. They got all kinds of crazy stuff, and it was really expensive. But... Um, I remember that so vividly. But Lone Wolf was one of the one of the non choose your own adventure, choose your own adventures that I really liked and um choose your own adventure zombie style. Yeah, anyone who uh yeah, I'll just put the call out right there. Anyone who's got them, um, just loan them to me and then we can do them on air that too. Because I got four of them. They're not the most exciting but i don't know that could be fun though i mean even if it doesn't look exciting on the outside maybe we could like spice it up maybe i'll lie maybe it'll say you know well you're just walking down the street and you you know you step in some gum and i'll just turn into a grenade or something you don't know i'm pretty um pretty creative that way people have accused me of being creative once or twice but um oh my god that would be wonderful so what would it be? How would you how would you work that? He's talking about a choose your own adventure drinking game. Oh no, he said that. Okay, all right. Sorry, I thought Oz was saying that. Uh, choose your own adventure drinking game. I'm sure there's rules. I bet they exist out there somewhere. Because it seems like it, um, it wouldn't last forever. I mean, you'd hit some sort of wall. You'd fall in a pit. So I mean, maybe it's. Maybe if you fall, maybe if you fail, you drink. Maybe if you fail, you drink two, and if you win, you drink one. Because you couldn't just not drink and then drink. You get nowhere fast. I was like, maybe do it as a group and whoever as many drinks as you do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, but hey, hydrogen oxygen cocktail. That's what I was doing tonight. I saw that, the hijinks on. Um, on uh, hecklers and horrors, heckles and horrors. I saw that that stuff. What was that? Red stripe. It was uh, Coors Light. Are they putting Coors Light in little bottles like that? Yeah. I'll be damned. Throwback. Throwback. I'm liking that stuff though. But see, I don't know that. I don't like Coors Light. <laughs> I only have science books. Well, um, Isaac Asimov, one of the finest scientists of all time, he wrote a lot of stuff. He he actually wrote. Um, this is going out to Jennifer out there. Say so you didn't like Isaac Asimov doing the limerick books. I love me some Isaac Asimov limericks. I don't even know if you're watching. You might not be. I don't know. If you're not, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, hey, there you go. Um, but I think it's about time to wrap it up. I just want to thank Andrew again. I'll be thinking about next week. Uh, any requests, you know, just send it to the Magic Squirrel Network or... Sent to me at the shop, Paradox City Books and Games, or whatever. Uh, Porcelain by Nate Southerd, www.lethebooks.com, or Lethe Press. It's, uh, it's in the description. Okay, cool. Lethe Press, I think. Uh, pre-order, you will not be disappointed. Um, you may be eerily turned on, maybe. You may feel guilty about being turned on, but don't. 
If you're turned on, don't feel guilty. But there's uh, <laughs> liver destruction. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff in that book. It's got something for everyone. But you you'll remember things. You'll remember lessons. And also, all the lessons you could possibly ask for. Something Wicked This Way comes by legendary Ray Bradbury. Uh, watch that movie. Walt Disney made some great scary movies out there and they fall by the wayside people are constantly thinking about frozen and they forget about the old scary stuff that they do all great fairy tales are scary don't anyone tell don't anyone else tell you different uh if you don't believe me just remember that uh cinderella's i think that her her stepsisters one of them got her feet cut off and turned into iron or something it's crazy read the old school fairy tales don't read this uh don't read the disney stuff Read the old school stuff. You'll find out what's up. Guinness Stout. Okay. I don't drink beer that you can eat with a spoon. But anyway, this has been the uh, Diabolical Index. Beware your human heart. See you next time.